2: Kidley
0: Wright from the logo! Got it! Oh, but Kidley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we're talking about the uh, the press conferences and the media availability of today. So again, schedule for during the season: Mondays, we're gonna go back over everything that happened in the game after I get a chance to watch it again. Tuesdays, we've got McChesney. Wednesdays, we're going through the media availabilities because I get to talk to people on. Tuesday and Wednesday, so we can just wrap all that stuff up on Wednesday, which is today, and that's the plan. Uh, Thursday, we are going to talk about the upcoming game, because tonight and tomorrow morning, I'll finally get a chance to watch Texas A&M. Actually, I watched the first quarter of that game this morning. I had time to do that, and I'll probably get through... Couple more quarters tonight, close it out tomorrow, and be good to go. Uh, and we'll just run through everything we need to know about Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M. Then on Friday, we're gonna have a live show. It'll be me, my guy Andre Simone. We're talking about all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Well, what did I have planned? Oh, we're gonna like build a game plan. We're going to uh, play that over under game again. That's a fun one. What, what else was there? I think there was one more thing I was pretty excited about. Oh, the stock report. We're going to start things off with the stock report. Who stock is up, Who stock is down, who you buying, who you selling, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a good time. Then Saturday, I'll be going to the game with Superstar Dev again, and after the game, Dev and I uh, have a pretty fun show planned, uh, so that's the plan for the week, and uh Let's see. I guess I should say that will probably start around seven. I would guess it kind of depends on how fast media availability goes, and we gotta get back to the DMVR bar. Speaking of the DMVR bar, um, it opens at ten on Saturday. There's gonna be buses going to the game starting at or at eleven, and it's party bus. There's like beer on the bus, um, and then it'll get you to the game and, uh, it'll get you back from the game. I think it costs $20. It's a great deal because again, it includes free beer. You don't have to pay for parking. You don't have to pay for an Uber. You just park down by the DMVR bar. There's plenty of parking around that part of town and, uh, should be a good day. And again, it takes you back to the DMVR bar, which is where we're going to record the show after the game all fits together. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I'm excited. Um, before we jump into everything that I've learned in the last couple days, um, which is first we heard from Carl Durrell, then we heard from Nate Landman, then we heard from Brendan Lewis, and then today we heard from Danny Langsdorf, the quarterback's coach, and then I had a chance to catch up with Chris Miller, the safety, and uh, Makai Blackman, the cornerback, and I've got I've got a conversation with Makai, probably like eight minutes maybe. Um, it was good catching up with him today, and then I'll play that at the end of the show. So if, if that's all you're interested in, Feel free to jump to like probably about eight minutes left in the show, maybe like 10 minutes left in the show. And uh, you can uh, hear what Makai had to say. He, he was, he's fun. Um, so that's the plan. Real quick, though, the Colorado XOs, uh, they, they play at Infinity Park in Glendale. And even though it's the off season, there's a lot going on there. They've uh, they've got movies that they're playing outside. They've got uh, concerts and that stuff. If you go to at infinityparkatglendale.com slash events, you can check out all of the different things that are going on out there. You should definitely do that because it's a good time, and they're good people, and they make this podcast possible. All right. We've got a lot of notes today. Um, first of all, Carl Durrell, uh, that the big news from yesterday, and we touched on this yesterday with McChesney, but we've got, uh, Robert Barnes. He's likely to be back this week. I think Carl said it was a, it was a soft tissue injury and they feel good about him being back this week. That's big. And we've talked about this a little bit, but, um, Again, without him, it turns out Chris Miller turns out to be the uh, dime linebacker, the money guy. And so Chris lines up in the slot during the nickel package, moves inside during the dime package next to Nate. And that's when Mackay moves into the slot spot that Chris is usually in, and it brings Nigel Bethel onto the field. It's all right, but... To, to be honest, there were times when Chris Miller was kind of getting pushed around out there when he was playing linebacker, which is what you expect. And for the most part, when you're in your dime package, you aren't too worried about the run. But they went to that a couple of times on second downs, and it caused issues. If you want more on that, go back to Monday's podcast where he really dug in. Um, but obviously, having a guy like Robert Barnes back, who's a little bit bigger player, somebody who can take on some blocks and, and play the run game a little bit more, that, that makes things better for Colorado. Um, especially because Texas A&M, they're going to spread spread the offense out a little bit. They're going to have four wide receivers and they're going to throw the ball around and do that sort of thing. And having a guy like Robert Barnes, who you can keep in the box, cover well and, and cover up maybe just a little bit for Nate Landman, who's more of a downhill player, still be able to play the run. It seems like a combination that should work really well. It's exciting to have him back. Also, Frank Phillip is ahead of schedule. He's uh He was the starting right tackle last year, likely starting left tackle this year, I think, once we get into the swing of things. Talked about this all with McChesney yesterday, but there's going to be some rotation on the offensive line. It sounds like, though, Frank Phillip, who we expected back, probably around the start of conference play, could be back in time for that Minnesota game next week because he is ahead of schedule. Um, he's back practicing now. He just started a couple days ago. And uh obviously getting a starting tackle back would make things better. Um on top of that, Mustafa Johnson was cleared to start practicing yesterday on Tuesday. Um again, he uh he declared for the draft, signed with an agent, went through that whole process, but never signed an NFL contract. So we just needed to get a waiver to play again, although that comes with a suspension because, you know, he did sign an agent and do all those sorts of things. Still don't know the timeline on the suspension, according to Carl, but it's likely to be sometime in October that he gets back. Um, again though he's he's started practicing and Carl said that it's good for him to be able to start practicing because you know he's in good shape, but you, you still just need that build up before a football season and he's gonna have a chance to do that while serving the suspension. Um, again, on top of that, in terms of just kind of the other topics of conversation, you know, he talked a lot about, uh, the, the, the game he played the day before 9-11, which for those of you who don't know, that was a game he was coaching with the Broncos at the time. And the Broncos were playing the Giants on September 10th, 2001. Uh, I think it was a Monday night game. And Ed McCaffrey, who now coaches Northern Colorado, he actually broke his leg in that game. And so he he talked through that whole experience, being back in Denver, doing that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously this is kind of the anniversary. He's going to be back in the same uh, stadium. Well, I think the game is actually on the 12th. Maybe it is the 11th. 9, 10, 11. 35. So no, it will be on the anniversary. So that's going on as well. Um... Brought up the penalties. Again, not a a huge surprise. We've we've heard his thoughts on all the penalties that Colorado got against Northern Colorado. Um, He's not a fan. Said we need to clean that up. And against good teams, we really can't afford to do that sort of thing. Um, and then on Brendan Lewis, and we'll close things out with Carl here, here's a quote. He said, it wasn't a lot of throws, and I think we left some plays out there in those 15 throws. Um, we just have to get that timing continually worked on as we go through weeks of practice. I feel like the the passing game is really going to come along pretty soon. Good stuff. Um, again, he did say there were some plays out there, and we'll we'll, we'll get to Danny Langsdorf in a second, but he agreed. He um, agreed. Again, I, th- I think that the fans were pretty low on Brendan Lewis's performance kind of just because of the, the shape that it took. You know, in that first quarter when you sit there and watch football for an hour and nothing good is happening, it's tough to come back from that. And going 10 for 15 total for 100 yards, some rushing yards, that kind of stuff, it, it isn't quite enough to be like, oh, okay, he figured it out. They put up big numbers. But, but it was solid. Carl said it was solid. Danny agreed it's solid. Um, Brendan said it was decent. And we can, let's just jump into him next. He said, "I played decent. Um, He's going to keep getting better every week. He says that in particular, playing against Texas A&M is going to be uh, good for him in terms of his development. He's playing up against a whole bunch of NFL guys, and that's valuable. Um, Playing in the Broncos stadium, he he made a little joke. He said, "Uh, it's probably not as cool as playing in the Cowboys stadium, but uh, I'm sure it was good. Yeah, you know, Texas guy. Um, He also said he isn't too worried about playing against texas it's not something that he really focuses on because it's his home state Um, he did say though in that first game he he had some nerves and that was something last week when we had a chance to talk to brendan he said he wasn't worried about nerves he said that he doesn't really get nervous before games but then yesterday he said you know when you get out there there's 50,000 people watching for the first time you know, it's just something that happens. And he's not worried going forward. Carl uh, also said he's not really worried about the nerves going forward. Um, just something you got to get over. And he got over it in that first game. Um, again, in terms of performance, it's, it's about the stuff that you'd expect. He said um, he has to get the ball out faster. And that's really what he's been working on. Again, talking with McChesney yesterday, what we decide. Brendan Lewis took 3.78 seconds to throw the ball on average. That was the sixth longest out of 208 quarterbacks or something like that this week in college football. Yeah, it needs to come out just a little bit faster. Um, uh, I guess kind of the last real note from Brendan. Here's a quote. He said, uh, it's important to get your playmakers the ball. I don't like throwing interceptions, but I do need to take more chances and have a little bit more trust in my guys because they're really good at what they do. Again, that's kind of what we talked about. Um, a lot of the throws that he made were some of the shorter throws, things where you know, you've know you got three receivers on the sideline and they're going to spread the two uh, defenders that are over there and Brendan just needs to see which one's open. He's good at that kind of stuff. In terms of Brendan Rice running uh, a dig route downfield, um, against man coverage, those are the throws that that weren't quite there for Brendan in that first game. Um, and I don't know why um whether it's i mean he said it is kind of just trusting them and and throw them the ball when they're about to be open um, but he waited until they were open and usually that means that they're covered by the time you can throw the ball i i I've said this a few times this week, but I think that when you see something like that. Especially against a team like Northern Colorado, it's not quite as concerning, just because you know that the focus really was not turning the ball over. And if you're if you're eighty percent sure, well, just just hold the ball because there's no reason to risk it. Um, we'll we'll see what he looks like because this week you can't afford to do that. If the defense gives you something, when you're playing Texas A and M, the number five team in the country, you've got to take it. That's just a fact of playing a good football team. Um, we can move on to Nate now. Wrap up the press conference yesterday. Um, again, he he said this a couple times this week. Um, said after the game, but there's just a lot of potential when you play a team like Texas A&M. You know, he said that that there is the kind of a big game feeling that comes when you play in the Broncos Stadium. Um, this is a game that can put them back on the net, the map. Um, put the program back where it used to be is, is another phrase he used. And that's kind of been the tone. And I think that for Nate going into his senior year, that's really the focus. Right. I think that when you look at what his legacy is at Colorado, sure. He's what he he has the most fourth down stops of anybody in the history of Colorado. He's tied for the most third down stops. He's quickly climbing the tackle charts. Um, He's the first All-American that Colorado's had since 2011. That was the longest gap that Colorado's had without an All-American since the 70s, the 60s, something like that. Um, And and so he does have a lot of like the personal accolades to back up his career here. But winning a game against Texas A&M, that is a big step. And when you're Nate you know that you don't have any more opportunities to do things like that. This is kind of it. Um, and if you do beat Texas A&M, well, all of a sudden you're back where you were. Um, and, you know, you, you, you lose to USC, you lose to Arizona State, then things change. But you start the season 2-0 and with a, a win over Texas A&M, you will get respect. Um, and you're going to be treated. You're going to be ranked. Um, and, and that's where, in Nate's mind, this program should be. Can really, really tell that this is a big week for him. Um, and again, it's not... That shouldn't come as a surprise, but he really has emphasized that. Um, t- 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 I think he he also... Oh, actually, this is a note from Carl. I'm not sure why it got stuck in here, but uh, he said that this Texas A&M team—it's talented, like Texas was. Um, they've got good linemen, they've got good skill, um, and they've got good team speed, and that's kind of what you expect from a program like this. Um, interesting note. Comparing it to Texas, maybe not. <laughs> don't love that, <laughs> considering what happened in that game—like 55-23 or whatever. Um, but back to Nate. Um, He talked about Mustafa. He said that Mustafa is one of the best leaders on this team, and so getting him back on top of what he can obviously do in terms of just playing football, it's valuable to have him back in a leadership position. Um, He said that he's watched the the Ralphie video. He said about eight times, said that that's the greatest tradition in college football. I mean, That's not really news, though. Um, On Texas A&M, he said... They're a great offense. We're a great defense. I'm excited for that matchup on Saturday. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, let's uh, real quick. You know, like I said, we've uh, we've got the bus going from the DMVR bar. Definitely get in on that if you uh, don't want to blow a bunch of money parking at the stadium. Um, but also because it's a good place to hang out. Get an hour to hang out before the game uh, as long as you want to hang out after the game. Uh, Really great food down at the bar at York and Colfax in Denver. Um, Wagyu beef burgers, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, really can't go wrong. Also, if you want to uh, get a membership to DMVR, you would get a big beer for the size of a small beer down at the bar. I think like it's like 24-ounce versus 16-ounces. It's like 50% more beer, if you remember, for the exact same price. bunch of perks like that. Plus, of course, you can read the things I wrote. I just published a, a, a story on Chris Miller and Makai Blackman because I talked to them, specifically Makai, and there's some fun details in there. And you'll get to hear a lot of them at the end of the show. Um, but things like he's been working with the receivers, uh, on the jugs machine after practice which is new this year um we talked a lot about what he saw from the interception stuff like that i um, mean chris miller too um there's stuff in there from him excited that they've got a couple of different guys texas a&m does that they can put in the slot um, whether it's hunter Weidemeier, uh who i think is the best tight end in the country um, whether it's Aeneas smith who is he was a receiver who switched to running back last year and now plays this, like, hybrid position where, you know, they'll run triple option with, with him kind of being the, the guy who could catch the pitch. They'll, they'll rotate him out in the slot. Um, and for for Chris, who's going to spend a lot of the game, if not all of the game, in the slot, he's going to be assigned to both those guys, the tight end and Aniah Smith. Um, so we got to talk about that a little bit. That's all in the story. So definitely uh, subscribe. And if you use the code CAMP2021, get $60 off a yearly membership. Or or sorry, a $60 gift card to the DMVR Locker. And uh, there's a bunch of good stuff in there, including some stuff with Nate um, once our NIL deal stuff becomes public. But um, that should be soon. Also, Breckenridge Brewery. Um, one of our best partners. They've been with us for forever, and also they uh, they make our tailgates possible. Doesn't sound like we're gonna have one for the A and M game. We'll have one for the rest of the. Uh uh, football games, the home games this season, they've been a lot of fun. Evan Batty has been hanging out a bunch. we got a bunch of people hanging out a bunch. Um, and Breckenridge makes all that possible by giving us beer for those. Um, also by giving us money so that I can have a job covering the Buffs and having this podcast, the least you could do, buy some beers from them. They're really good. Uh, I personally like the Strawberry Sky. You can't go wrong with any of them, though. And if there's one particular beer you want to try or seltzer you want to try, Go to breckbrew.com, click on the beer locator, and then just it'll just say click on what what beer you want. And type in your zip code. It'll show you on a map all the different places that have that in stock. Uh, it's a great tool. It's great beer. We love them. Also, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, DraftKings has a bunch of promotions, um, and right now they have two that you really should get in on. Um, the first... Is for new users only, and that promotion is if you bet one dollar on any game in the NFL slate this weekend, you will get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. It's a great sign up offer, you won't do better than that. All you've got to do is use the code DMVR. Also, they've moved the spread for the uh, what is that? That's the Buccaneers Cowboys game tomorrow night, Thursday night, to plus 73 for the Buccaneers. So all you got to do is log on. Um, you can bet up to $50, and as long as the the Bucks don't lose like 74 to 0 or 75 to 1 or 76 to 2 or whatever, um, you double your money. And so that's a great deal, even if you aren't a new user. So don't pass that up. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. And new customers bet $1 on any football game to receive $200 in free bets instantly with promo code DMVR. This week, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Uh, free bet promotion for new customers only minimum $5 deposit max wager limits apply one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right real quick the uh, DraftKings pick of the week i'm going it's a bit of a homer pick here we're taking the broncos to cover against the giants The Giants are not good. People want to pretend that they're getting better. They aren't. They're a bad football team. The Broncos, they're a pretty medium football team, and uh, they shouldn't have much trouble beating the Giants. Broncos are currently favored by three. They're actually, uh, it's minus 105 for that, which is a little bit better odds than usual. Um, That's the pick of the week. Broncos minus three against the Giants on Sunday. Okay, uh, so now into what we learned today. Like I said, Danny Langsdorf went to the podium, so we all got to ask some questions there. Um, Obviously, the topic of conversation was Brendan Lewis, and in general, Danny was happy with what he saw. Um, He did say like, he could have gotten rid of the ball quicker. Um, The team in general didn't play as fast as he'd hoped they would, just kind of right off the bat, but... At the same time, he took care of the ball. And um, in terms of, like, the slow start, um, and he said that, you know, he, he just was kind of... I not even think he said use the phrase slow going through his reads or anything like that, but he did need to get the ball out quicker. And I asked, like, so what is that? Is that um, just being a little risk-averse? Or... And he said he thinks that the problem was that the defense just wasn't what he expected right off the bat. And we've talked about this a lot, but Northern Colorado... There is no tape on them. You know, Ed McCaffrey took over for that job like 18 months ago, and they have not played a game. Um, Offensive coordinator, his son, had never coached a football game before, so there were some moving pieces, and uh, they they just didn't know what to expect. And according to uh, Danny he said that the defense changed the looks and it confused him early in the game. It's stuff he hadn't seen before. He said, nothing major. Don't think it's a big problem. And he got better after the second drive and was really solid. Um, he did say that there were two bad throws. There was one that was an inside slot route that he missed the read on. And I didn't see that. And I'm not sure why that is. Like, it. I mean... You've, you've watched football games on TV. You don't really see what's happening down the field all that much. They zoom in on the quarterback in the pocket. So when you don't have like the, the real tape of the game, you don't get to see some things. And so I'm thinking that must be why I missed it. But then the other one he brought up, he said the one throw that he missed, we all know that one. Um, <laughs> it was the one where he rolled out to the left, which is tough for a right-handed quarterback to do. But still, um, Daniel Arias is wide open on a corner out would have been a touchdown and uh, they j- just missed the throw. Brendan just missed the throw. Um, he did say though um, that he thinks that those two plays probably would have gotten him from like a hundred passing yards to 200 passing yards. And that, that hurts. Um, that hurts. Um, he also said that there were a couple of balls that could have been placed better, um, but for the most part, he was really accurate overall um just hidden guys in stride that sort of thing um he was really happy that he took care of the ball um and he said you know holding the ball is better than forcing the ball um he said we want him to be aggressive but also not careless and game experience is going to be really big for that um i i also asked him about uh the like whether he was picking up the blitzers and he said that he graded out really well there too um, he said that he adjusted three runs because of the looks the defenses were the defense was giving. Um, he said oh, he got us away from three different pressures in that game. That's excellent for a quarterback, or sorry, for freshman. Um, yeah, you know, ability to extend plays is nice, but they also need him to to be able to make more throws just on time within the structure of the offense. Um, a couple of the details he really liked. He said, you know, he carried out the ball fakes, the ball handling was good. Um, he was getting them into the right plays. Um, and then the other big topic was uh, Danny is now coaching from the booth. He's, a, or no, 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 no. He was coaching from the booth. Now he's coaching on the sideline. And part of the reason was because Brendan is a young quarterback and it's good to be able to just talk to him face to face, you know, instead of calling through the phone, doing all that sort of stuff. He's able to, you know, look through the plays and show him things and just calm him down a little bit, do that sort of stuff. He um, said it's been good so far. I think that's about it for Danny. Uh, like I said, talk to Chris Miller. Um, not a whole lot there. He said A&M is an opportunity to show what we're made of. Um, he's not concerned about playing a team from texas he did say like i'll have some grandparents there his family's going to be there um and so that's going to be fun but not it's not too worried about the fact that he's from texas and they're playing a team from texas um he did say that he's he's playing some different positions i wasn't crazy saying that he was playing linebacker last week um he's going to keep just doing whatever the coaches tell him um whether that's a slot whether that's linebacker corner safety whatever but again we know that he's Probably just going to be in the nickel. Again, it probably depends. Honestly, um I bet Chris Wilson has schemed up a bunch of different things for Texas A&M. You know, there's the way they think that they can stop this offense. And if that doesn't work, there's a couple backup plans. And that might include him playing linebacker. Who knows? Um But yeah. Uh, in terms of, you know, we talked a little bit about uh Hunter Weidemiter, the tight end. Um, being, I think, I think Mel Kiper has him as the number one draft prospect at tight end in the country. Um, they've also got a Smith who we talked about before, just like can do anything. We'll line up in the slot. And both those guys, if Chris Miller's in the slot, he's going to spend time covering them. Um, he said that he's excited to be going up against that competition. It's a chance to compare himself to some of the best. Um, and he really was excited about it. He was also excited that they're playing against a, a team that does spread the ball out or spread the, you know, a spread offense, we'll just say. They throw the ball around. Um, and it means that more of the pressure's on the secondary. Um, even though they will run the ball a lot, they've got one of the best running backs in the country and Isaiah Spiller. It's, it's Jimbo Fisher offense And they want to fling the ball around a bit And he's excited about that um, In terms of last week He said he was really happy with the defense The effort, the energy, that sort of stuff um, And he said those are the two main things on defense Are effort and energy um, And now they're just kind of refining things Working on the technique, getting sharper All that kind of stuff In terms of this AM game He said I just really want to show who we are as a defense And who we are as a team So there we go um, I guess we'll wrap things up here with Makai Blackman. And like I said, I'm about to play all the audio again. We, we, we were talking in that hallway. So there's some echo. There's like other people doing interviews, did my best. I'm going to edit it a little bit here in a second, make it even better. I listened through it. It's, there might be one or two words that you lose, but for the most part, you should be able to hear everything. Um, before we get into it, I do want to say, uh, we started by talking about the penalty, um, but I didn't say like what the penalty was. So just for reference, you remember he had the interception and they ran down the field, him and Chris Miller and Mark Perry, and celebrated in the other end zone, posed for pictures. It's something that NFL teams do, like every NFL team. That's how they celebrate turnovers. Um, he said he saw it in a bunch of college football, too. Um, but, but that's what happened there. That's the penalty. Also, you know, I talked a little bit on Monday about how I really thought that he was baiting the quarterback, um, on his interception. And he said that that is what was happening. And, you know, without me saying, did you bait the quarterback? So something else to keep an ear out for. Um, but yeah, I think that that's one that you see where, it's like, yeah, there was some space in front of the the receiver. And it looked like there was a place to put the ball. But if you look at Makai on that play, he's very obviously like not running full speed and hanging back a little bit. And everything that he said really does add up. So I believe him when he says that, you know, that's what was going on. Um also mentioned that he thinks Robert Barnes is going to be able to uh to to cover Uh, Hunter Weidemeyer, I think he calls him number 85, 85 is that tight end, um, no, no, just an interesting thing there, although he did say that they have a bunch of different plans, um, so yeah, uh, here's, here's my conversation with Makai Blackman, and I will talk to all of you, Tomorrow, we'll be talking about this Texas A&M team, digging into Hunter Weidemeyer, Nia Smith, um, the rookie quarterback who's throwing a bunch of interceptions. Um, everything else, too, scheme-wise and how you stop them, that kind of stuff. Should be a good time. And uh, then Friday, like I said, live with Dre. We're going to be uh, we're gonna be doing the stock report, going through a bunch of players, all that kind of stuff. Going to be a good time. Then Saturday after the game, we'll have the DMVR buffs after dark, which will actually be before dark, around 7 probably. That's the plan for the week. And then we'll be on to Minnesota. Here's Makai Blackman. Uh,
2: Price is going good. Everybody's getting back in the shape of things. Mm I know and a couple of the other guys have said that there's an emphasis on not getting penalties this week. Most First of all, you know, NFL guys, they run down the... Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know, they I did know, do know, didn't
1: know that was a I don't think flag. anybody did. <laughs> but i also seen a lot of games this weekend too. Uh, TCU did the same thing, didn't get a
2: flag, so I don't know. But I guess I'll just be smarter this time. Now we know. Yeah. Luckily it's that given out this week. Yeah. You know, is it, what, What's that like in practice, having like an emphasis on no penalties? Is it something you notice or is that just conversations after practice? Um, I think you just got to have a
1: consciousness of like knowing uh, penalties are hurt us in the the long run so everybody's just trying to be smart uh, stay composed like you make a good play just you know like act like you've been there before and uh, holding things like that that's going to happen but just limiting it is what uh, we're emphasizing you
2: know this week you've got Texas A&M top five team in the country they're coming up here you get to play in an NFL stadium Um, what is that like gearing up for such a big game nationally televised a lot of people tuning in Uh, us being an
1: underdog you know um, we got a lot to prove this is not a situation we haven't been in before so we dealt with this last year in Texas I've been here we played Nebraska we were the underdogs so uh, just us being tired of uh, the underdogs little brother um, we feel like it's our time to uh, prove ourselves great team but you know we're working hard to uh, prove ourselves for you
2: in particular I mean I get with with Robert Barnes back maybe he slides in the linebacker spot Chris goes to Or the slot, I'm not sure how that'll work. But you, uh, you were in the slot a lot last week. This week against Texas A&M, you've got you know the the tight end Weidemeyer, who's going to be lining up in the slot. You've got that rule number zero, uh, the running back receiver guy who plays a lot in the slot. And those are some of the most talented players in the country. People pay attention to them. How exciting is that to have those guys going up against you? Um, Then how how much does that kind of fire you up?
1: Um, Once again, uh, we're being underdogs. um... Mm I feel like we got a lot to prove. Uh, we got a lot of different things going on for us against those two guys, uh, so we're just ready to play. Uh,
2: and secondary as a whole, how, how do you think you guys meshed in that first game last week?
1: Uh, we gave up like two explosive passes. Um, other than that, we were good, but uh, two is too many. So uh, this week we're working on giving them no explosive plays. So that's what we're doing. I'm
2: sure you've gone back and watched the Texas A&M first game. Yeah. A couple plays where you know they have a freshman quarterback, got a little pressure. A yeah. yeah, and he fired the ball into some tight windows that weren't there, and got to be exciting for you as a cornerback yeah. seeing that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're ready. yeah. Does, does, what does that mean for you when you see like the, the ball is going to be potentially in harm's way with the pressure
1: quarterback? Um, just capitalizing on it, and then that's a way for us to uh, get points for the uh, offense, potentially pick sixes and things like that. So, uh, just giving giving the ball back as much as possible is like what we're looking for this weekend.
2: Mm-hmm. Um else? Well, I think uh, you, you know with Robert Barnes potentially coming back, how does that change what you do defensively?
1: Um, just Robert, he's uh, very versatile. He'll be able to match up against 85, really good. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, we have a lot of different looks for this weekend, so we'll just see.
2: You you had the number change. What was what was the reason for that?
1: Uh, I wore six my senior year in high school. Okay. Um, I don't know. I like the number six. It's my favorite number, so I just I that this year. Do
2: you think that there's any more chemistry? Than this year, you know, I guess, I guess Christian's mostly on the opposite side, but yeah. you we've know, got Chris Miller in the slot for the most part. Does does that chemistry kind of build? Uh, most definitely, especially with
1: the coaching staff. This is our second year. Uh, me and Chris have played together, and so has Isaiah, but we've never had like the same coaching staff two years in a row. So that that is like a big improvement for us. And then us, we're also close. And as we get older, like we're only going to get more close. So um, I don't know. We've been having really a lot of fun together with this camp. We got to have a real camp this past um off season so i don't know like um i feel like we're clicking good together we just need more experience like as the season goes on um.
2: On your interception last week, um, can you just walk me through what happened there? Um, I was
1: playing over. It was corners over. Yes. Uh, I motioned over. Uh, I was on a one receiver. He uh, gave like a walk-off release. He stalled a little bit. And I knew he was coming out because he motioned out. He was leaning. And then all I, I just made the quarterback act like I was playing a little more inside. And then he overthrew it, which he didn't think I was going to be there. I, I just closed faster than he thought I would. Yep. And that was
2: kind of my question because it kind of did look like you were baiting him, because yeah. he had some separation underneath, yeah. um, some space, but you weren't really like going oh, full speed. Yeah, trying to let him get to where he wanted to get so the quarterback could throw the ball. Okay. Regardless if he
1: had throw a better ball or not, I would have closed in on he wouldn't caught the ball, but mm-hmm. uh, luckily he overthrew it, tips and overthrows, got to get those, so I just capitalized on the mistakes.
2: Did you did you spend much time, wh- when did you start thinking about baiting quarterbacks? Was that mm-hmm. your your first couple starts, or did that take some
1: time? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, to be honest, it takes like a little time you got to be confident in what you're doing first and then over time like you'll say like okay maybe I could be more crafty with this more crafty with that so uh over time like I just started like last year I could have had way more interceptions but just dropping them so this year the emphasis I've been like working with jugs receivers after practice me Christian Gonzalez and Mark Perry have all been like catching balls as like we're receivers after practice to to get in
2: turnovers no, are the receivers there with you when you're yeah you're using we'll, we'll all trade off on the jugs huh. and that's new this year yeah for sure mm-hmm. Uh, what, what have your conversations with Christian been like you know as he kind of takes the step from year one to year two and tries to develop his game a little bit
1: uh, I'm still trying to just keep him improving his confidence um, like I said he's going to be one of the best corners in the conference right now so just him uh, being more of a leader being uh, more confident is just like what he needs to work on but like he's made a big jump last year he was way more quiet but this year he's communicating he's uh, doing what I was doing with him last year trying to get the freshman more ready. So now me and him both together are like feeding up to the rest of the group, which is really good. Uh,
2: for you, as somebody who is more proven, you know, maybe not the recognition that you'd like to yeah. have at this point, but, but still showing up on like some of the all pack 12 lists, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. What's it like having a, a potentially locked down cornerback on the other side, meaning that maybe a few more balls do go your way? Uh, yeah, um,
1: I don't know. Like, it's based off competition. So I like as much as I want Gonzo to get the ball, he wants me to get the ball, so like, it's like we're in a friendly competition, it's not a competition like bad-wise, like we're not hating on each other, we're both trying to get to the top because we know we aren't respected really in the Pac-12, but this year we're playing a football
2: Going up against Jimbo Fisher's offense, you know, a, a lot of spread looks, a lot of speed out on the field. You know, it's not like going up against Stanford, for example, where they want to put a bunch of tight ends out there and yeah. kind of pound the ball. Yeah. Is, is that more fun for you to, um, to know that the, they're going to be using the passing game quite a bit?
1: Yeah, most definitely. It's basically like we're playing a Pac-12 team. Pac-12 is like one of the most passing conferences. Um, so uh, this is just getting us ready for um, regular conference. It's no different than we've seen in uh, past. So.
2: Have there been any, like, firm goals that, that you know, Chris as Wilson said, any of the coaches have set in terms of this week? Mm-hmm. We're just stopping the run, continue to do what we do. We don't, our
1: goal has never changed. Stop the run, uh, no deep, no deep balls, no seams, no posts. So, that's pretty much it. Awesome.
2: Uh, any, any personal goals this week? Mm, just get the W. Right now, just get the W. No touchdown passes, get, get the W.